0: Log Talk Radio Wake up, Wake up, Wake up, Wake up, Get up, get up, get up, get up, Wake up, Wake up, Wake up, Wake up, 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 My name is Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science and spirituality are both telling us that we are literally all connected, that we are all one. So what you do to another person, you are doing to another aspect of yourself, And when the world awakens to the truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's show topic is Simple Wisdom from the Heart with Regina Dawn Akers. Regina channeled the book, The Holy Spirit's Interpretation of the New Testament, and she's also the founder of an online church by the name of Awakening Together. Welcome, Regina, to Awake to Oneness Radio.
1: Thank you, Caroline. I'm happy to be here. Well, we're so
0: happy to have you with us today. Um, I first learned of your work um, by my co-host, David Dove Fishman, who uh, he and I co-host the show on Mondays on Awakening, Awakening Together Radio, and um, he told me about you, and I said, love to have you, and I'm so thankful that you're with us. Can you please um, share your journey, your story with our listeners um, to give them um, that history that um, I, I discovered when I went searching online? <laughs> okay.
1: Sure, I, I will give the uh, the succinct version, because I'm sure your show's not five or six hours long, so okay. <laughs> we'll have to keep it short. <laughs> um, but I think that probably uh, the real start to my spiritual path was when I was around 38 or 39 years old. Um, I think I was actually bored and lonely. I was in the Air Force at the time. I was stationed in a little town in Texas that was many, many miles from any other town, and there wasn't much to do. And And I think I was bored and lonely. I think that was the real catalyst. But I uh, I started to have this desire. I wanted to know what the truth was, the spiritual truth. I wanted to know what the truth was. And at that time, I had a, a belief in my mind that the truth would be a... Cri- I I would have called it the right Christian religion. It would have been a Christian religion with the right interpretation of the Bible. And so I still felt, of course, that the Bible was um, God's word. And I just needed to find the church that had the right interpretation. So I said this prayer. And I really think the prayer is what's most important here. I said Mm -hmm. a prayer. I um, I said, please help me to find the truth. I don't care what it is. And I think those words, I don't care what it is, was a lot more important than I realized at the time. But after I, start, after I said that prayer, I started on a, really a research project where I studied just dozens upon dozens of Christian religions and their beliefs and where they pointed to in the Bible to get their beliefs, thinking that I would find the true religion. And I just kept coming to one dead end after another, and i had to just give up uh, i just came to this realization that there wasn't truth um in in any of the christian religions in their interpretation of the bible and i think i thought then that i don't know what i thought i just thought that my search was over i guess but but What that did really was that opened me up because thinking that the truth was going to look a certain way, of course, was a huge obstacle. And so this huge research project and this sense of failure uh, actually opened me up so that I could start recognizing truth in a different direction. And for me, the first thing that started pointing in that direction was A Course in Miracles. I ended up um, hearing about A Course in Miracles, and it was many years later I think I was around 44, so it was several years later, when I started uh, really reading A Course in Miracles. But on the day that I started reading A Course in Miracles, I said another prayer, which is kind of funny. Um, and I don't remember what, what I was praying about. I like had my own prayer that I was saying, because I thought I was starting another important spiritual step, and so I was saying this prayer. But as I was praying... It's like something came down over me. So this part of the prayer, I don't feel like I did. I feel like it did me, if that makes any sense. Uh-huh. So as I was praying, as I was praying, this came down over me, this sense of surrender. And I just felt all of a sudden like I just wanted to surrender the rest of my life. And I heard myself say, "I will learn anything you want me to learn." I will do anything you want me to do. Just make me useful for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And then I simply began studying that's the Course, powerful. doing the co- Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's, it. That's, that's, very, that's very powerful, very powerful yeah. prayer.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, what I didn't realize also is my whole life changed then. I, I didn't start seeing the signs of it for about two months, but my whole life changed with that prayer about 2 months later what began to happen and and i want you to know that i'm a <laughs> you know my my personality my background i'm a very middle american from kansas conservative kind of person i had never even heard words like uh, metaphysical manifestation, new age. Like I wasn't even familiar with these terms. I knew nothing about anything. <laughs> but about two months later, what started happening to me was I started having visions. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was something I never, you know, could even have imagined would happen. But the visions came and and, and they were teaching me clarity. And um, they were pointing towards Truth, but for me at that time, you would have to call it a a new truth, right? It was turning me around and pointing me in a different direction. And yeah. um, and after several months of visions, I started hearing um, an inner voice, and the inner voice asked me to write for it, and it asked me to also teach what I write, and it was very clear. That it didn't want me to write from me <laughs> right it 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 wanted me to be like an empty shell and write for it what it would say, like a secretary taking dictation right and it also it also did not want me to teach from me it only wanted me to teach what it taught me mm-hmm. um, okay so so that's how everything started started. Um i also received i had a, a very good job I was a fairly successful professional in the boston area and um I was guided to leave my job I was guided to move and it's kind of funny i didn't even get the joke for years but remember i remember I started out thinking there would be a, an interpretation of the Bible that was right well there's right. not really any- there's not really any such thing at all it doesn't exist um okay. but But it's kind of funny because what happened was I was taken back to the Bible and I was told to read the Bible and let the inner voice interpret it for me. So the inner voice gave me an interpretation of the Bible. And the reason I say there's no such thing as a right interpretation um, is because uh, clarity can interpret like the same parable in the Bible many, many different ways. And it will interpret that parable in whatever way is most helpful to, you know, the current listener now. So there is no such thing as a right interpretation, but there is such a thing as right-minded interpretations, interpretations that point to truth. And that's what I was given. Um, As Mm -hmm. I read the Bible, I would hear that inner dictation, and I would write down what I was hearing and then I would study and contemplate and practice what I wrote down. So in that way, my teacher lived in me and was coming through my hands, through my pen, out on the paper, and then I had what I was to practice. And this this was the beginning of my awakening process. Okay. Now,
0: when um, this inner voice um, started speaking through you, um, did it Did it give a name because I know you call it Holy Spirit, but I think that's yeah. the
1: name you give it, yeah, that's the name I give it yeah mm-hmm. it it did not give me that name that is the name I gave it, and I'm sure I gave it that name because I was at that time a student of a course in miracles. I no longer call it that now I call it um inner wisdom um okay. but it actually did give me a name, uh but not a not a not a not a real name. It, it told me that it was the teacher of God, and uh, God in that sentence would be us. Oh. Okay. So it was the teacher that awakens us, which is why I think inner teacher is a great way to refer to it. Okay. Yes.
0: And, and a lot of what I truly believe, and I say that a lot on this show, is that to... Truth is found within, and that's why I even say in my intro for this show that the purpose of this show is to help inspire your awakening because I, I believe that truth truly is within each of us, and yes. it's up to us to go within to find that, that, tap into that truth. And in different ways, like your tapping in came from your prayer in combination yes. with studying um the course in miracles and and that's how you tapped in to your Absolutely.
1: inner yes. Yeah in fact there's a there's a line in the introduction to the course which many people kind of overlook um but it says that really the only purpose of this course is to help some people uh I can't remember if it says hear or find their inner teacher. It might say find their inner teacher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and that's exactly what happened to me, you know. As I practiced the practiced the workbook lessons and read the text, was I I tapped into that inner teacher, as you say. And then at the end of the course, in the epilogue, uh, the course says um, that now you're being turned over to that inner teacher, and that you're to follow that inner teacher. And so that's that's the direction I went in, which is why you know some people continue to call themselves a student of the course. I say I was a student of the course because I was for a period mm-hmm. of time, but then I put the course down and I continued to follow the inner teacher right mhm so now since um
0: the um the inner teacher started communicating with you, and um the wonderful book came through tell tell us more about um your journey, what happened after that,
1: okay, well, <laughs> what happened after that? <laughs> is actually probably quite important, although I think it's sometimes difficult for people to understand. But um, after after the book came, um, the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the New Testament, I actually said another prayer. It's funny, every important step in my life starts with a very sincere prayer. So I, the day that I sent NTI to the publisher... I said another prayer, and I felt like NTI had been, of course, very, very helpful to me as the, as the student of NTI. And so I said a prayer saying, thank you, thank you, thank you for you know, letting me write this book. And then I said, but I don't want it to stop now, meaning my own spiritual awakening. And I prayed, please send me something else that will bring me higher into love. And about two weeks later, I met a, a man from France and um, it was kind of funny because he came to me because he knew of me as a spiritual teacher and, and he wanted me to be his teacher. And I really felt um, like, just get away from this guy. <laughs> I felt, get away from this guy. I didn't like him. And, in fact, he asked me to be his teacher, and I said no uh, very clearly. Uh, but about about three days later, I started receiving guidance to join with him as a couple in a romantic relationship. And this was shocking for a couple of reasons. One, I already had a boyfriend that I'd been with then, I don't know, maybe 13 to 16 years, and I was really, really happy with my boyfriend. I had no complaints, um, Mm -hmm. so I wasn't looking. And yet this guidance came, and this man from France also was receiving the guidance. And it was very clear to both of us. So. I broke up with my boyfriend, and uh, this guy from France came to live with me. And um, what was interesting about that relationship is that we each had the ability to push every button the other one had. Um, In fact, our very, very, very first experience with each other is what I would just call pure hatred. Um, but oh. what was also, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. I find
0: that amazing, yeah, yeah no,
1: and, that, well, well, that,
0: well, go ahead,
1: no, you go ahead,
0: <laughs> no, I was just saying, no, I just found that, find that amazing that your first, you know, first meeting him, you like, you don't even know why, because it's more on the spiritual re- level, that you're yes. feeling all this animosity towards each other and you don't really even know each other (laughs) okay yeah it (laughs) it was very funny
1: yeah (laughs) but what what was also interesting about our relationship you know is that uh he and i before we joined because we both really felt we were we we both felt sincerely that we were being guided neither one of us felt like we had picked that one um right so so we decided that our relationship had to be for the purpose of awakening and we decided that anything that happened in our relationship would have that purpose. So even though we immediately hated each other, <laughs> we would set down holding hands and we would ask Holy Spirit for guidance. And that scribal ability that I had uh, came through again. And during the year and a half that we were together, there were about 60 messages that came that helped us undo our false thinking or our conditioning. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for example, one of the first things that that I was taught was where hate comes from, because hate isn't real. <laughs> we have right. to make we have to make hate and then believe in it. And so I was taught how I make hate, how I believe in it, and then of course experience it. And what was really nice about this relationship although it doesn't sound nice was that I hated this guy so much <laughs> and he was right there living in my house like you couldn't get away from him so right. I didn't even I didn't even know I was capable of that much hate so mm-hmm. what was really good what was really good about that was I got very very tired of hating right and that made now, me much more willing to to practice in the way I was asked to practice so that I could transcend hate forever, yes, go ahead now,
0: how, how now, what was the uh, I guess that um, exact lesson that the inner yeah. teacher was teaching you? What was that lesson about hate
1: yeah well the uh, the lesson in short, is of course, that when thoughts come into our mind, you know we think we're thinking thoughts, so the average human thinks that he or she is thinking a thought, but in reality, thoughts are received, you know we're more like radio receivers. And that when a thought is received, every thought has what you could call a content. Now, there's a story also, but the story is a distraction. It's the content that really needs to be focused on. Because if we believe the thought, you could say we're purchasing the content and we're increasing it. So, for example, one of the things that um, Laurent did, which was different than me, is I'm a fairly neat person, and he was not. You know, the house went, the house just went in a completely different direction when he moved in. And so I would get very, very angry about you know how messy he was, and all these hot these hate thoughts would come into my mind, you know, telling me what a slob he was and how lazy he was. And the interesting thing was at the level of form. I had all the proof in the world. I mean, there's his underwear laying on the floor. There's a kitchen cabinet that he opened. It didn't bother to close. You know, I have all the proof in the world that, that I'm right. <laughs> right. But that's what, the story, that's what the story does, right? And so mm-hmm. what I was taught to do was look underneath the story at the content of the thought. And notice this is hate, hate encapsulated in the story. And instead of asking, do I want a clean house, which is the level of story, I have to look at what's inside that story, the hate, and say, do I want hate? Now, that's Mm -hmm. looking at the thought in a completely different way. And not only do I want to experience the hate here, now, in me, but do I want to believe that and therefore send that hate energy back into the universe to increase that energy for everyone? And so I... I started learning when these thoughts came into my mind, no matter what the, the topic was, no matter what the story was, to peek underneath and say, wait, this is a hate thought or, or this is a fear thought or, or whatever, and then say, do I want hate? And when I would ask myself, do I want hate, that was so obviously clear to me that I didn't want that that I was able to let go of it. And when we let go of it, the miracle is we let go of it for everyone. So instead of increasing hate in the world, you actually decrease it a little by choosing not to believe the thought. So it's not only good for you, it's 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 good for the whole, right? <laughs> right. Right, cuz there's so, truly just one. It's truly just yes. one of us. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Absolutely. So that was the practice and and it was interesting because I was actually guided to join a gym and I thought that was strange guidance until I did. And then I found out I would get on the treadmill and I would start running. And when I would start running on the treadmill in this benign environment, uh, all of these hate thoughts would start just coming into my mind. And I was able to just run on the treadmill and look at them and say, there's another hate thought. Do I want, do I want hate? No, and let it go. And this running on the treadmill actually helped me to speed up the process of letting go of this thinking. Wow. Wow. Very, and very it good. yeah, it has gotten to the point now where I personally do not believe in hate. And what that means is if a hate mm-hmm. thought should show up, which actually I seldom seldom even see one, but it doesn't mean I won't every now and then.
0: Right. But if
1: it shows up, I automatically have no interest in it now.
0: Okay? And and um another, I think for me, I don't use the word hate. I use yeah. fear. For me, it's a, it's a choice of love or fear. Yeah. Um, the the you know the the thoughts that um I would say are you know uncomfortable are I don't even I don't like to use of the word negative because I don't I believe that everything is neutral and we give it a we give it a label we give it a label of bad or good or negative or positive Um and yes. we label it. Um. But um, my I believe we have two choices love a fear and yes. usually but that i think that you're the word hate you're you're associating also with fear
1: well I, in that case i was also just describing a specific emotional experience mm-hmm. um okay. you know so so that so you could say just like you could say it's all ice cream there are different flavors mm-hmm. of ice cream, right? So I was right. specific uh, talking about a, a specific flavor, a specific emotional experience. But okay. I agree with you that mm-hmm. that fear would be underneath of that. Yes. Right. Yes. Very good. Very good. So tell tell
0: us then now um, after that experience, or well when. Did the whole, you know, you started the church, online church and
1: all of these other yeah. amazing
0: things you did. <laughs> How did they, they come up with? Okay, yeah, about? let
1: me move forward then. So I'll, okay. I'll just say quickly that I was with this French man for a year and a half, and mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of healing occurred um, so that when the relationship ended, it also ended through guidance. And, in fact, I even <laughs> went back to my original boyfriend, who I'm still with. We've now been together 25 years. But wow. but when the relationship ended, uh, I didn't have hardly any buttons left like i, I became uh, became a, an emotionally consistent person through this relationship, you know, just happy and, and able to to check within instead of going to my head and and all of that stuff happened um, mm. but when when he first left uh, when he first left, I had a different experience for a brief period of time because when he was living with me because it was such a challenging situation. I was very deeply focused within, always asking, you know, kind of through a check, you know, like, what should I say? How should I respond? What should I do? I was being in, very introverted. When he left, it, it got easy again for a, a time. So I, I made the mistake of not being so introverted. And when I made the mistake of not being so introverted, it's like the ego began to kind of come back in a louder way again and because i had gotten used to more peace when the ego started coming back in a louder way i couldn't tolerate it even though my loud ego was the same as the ego i lived with all of my life right it wasn't any louder it's just now i i couldn't tolerate that anymore so i said another prayer <laughs> which means something else is coming and this time i prayed um i prayed for something that would take me to the next step Okay. And and after I prayed for that, I was guided to go to the computer, go to amazon.com and order a book um from a from a man called Ramana Maharshi. And I did not know Ramana Maharshi at that time. I don't know if you do. Do you know Ramana Maharshi?
0: No, I'm not familiar.
1: Okay, he's a he's a, a an Indian guru who physically died in 1950, so fairly, fairly modern. So I didn't know him. And I and I went and I ordered that book And when the book came, I thought that it was just going to be, like, magical, you know, because I was guided to to order it. But when I opened it, I I couldn't understand it. It uses all these Sanskrit words, and even then I had never even heard the word Sanskrit. So I just couldn't understand the book at all, and I kind of threw it down on a table. But on the cover of the book is a picture of this guru, Ramana Maharshi. And what happened um, sometime later, like a few days later or so, I was sitting near that table meditating, And the picture on the cover of (laughs) the—this sounds so crazy, but it's true. The picture on the cover of the book came to life, and it would like—it would like vibrate out of the book and then go back in, and then vibrate out and go back in. And I was actually trying my best to ignore this, and then I heard this familiar voice that I called the Holy Spirit say, "Ask Him what He wants to say to you." So I went within and and asked this Ramana Maharshi person, (laughs) what is it that you want to say to me? And I began to receive messages again. And these messages really are the next step. Um, These messages go to very, very simple, simple clarity. Um, And Mm -hmm. and I received these messages over a period of about six to eight weeks. And uh, they are also now published in a book called The Teachings of Inner Ramana. Um, um, so that was the, the next thing that happened. And as I practiced those messages, um, you know, I began to transcend, I'll just call it the level that I had gotten to. Like through through my purification process with Laurent, it felt like I had kind of stepped up, if you will. And uh-huh. through practicing the messages of Inner inner Ramana, I went... Further, or higher, or however you want to call it. Um, and then, so, go ahead. I was going to ask, can you share a few of those simple, um, simple
0: wisdom, I, I love the title, of simple wisdom. Can you share some yes. of those messages?
1: Yeah. Do um, uh, you want me to read directly from the book or just tell you about them?
0: I'd rather you just tell us.
1: Okay. So, um, yeah, The Teachings of Ramana is a very thin book, and it's kind of funny because sometimes because it's so thin, people will read it very quickly, but I don't think it's meant to be read so quickly. It really teaches three primary practices, and the purpose of the practices is to get you out of thinking uh, because you can live in the world without thinking, but most people have no idea how. Everybody is so caught up in their thinking. So this is teaching you how to live without thinking Uh, and so one of the practices that it teaches is surrender and people have all kinds of ideas about what surrender means but all that this surrender really means is instead of thinking about everything that's going on in my life and making decisions i ask within in every moment you know uh what am i to do now and so like if i ask within what am i to do now And there's a feeling to go take a shower, I go take a shower. Uh, And then when I'm done with the shower, you know, then I would ask, what am I to do now? And if the feeling is to go check email, I go check email. But you're following this process of intuition rather than thinking with your mind, thinking about what's most important or what you least want to do or however your mind thinks. It, It gets out of thinking and yet it still moves you. The second, is, the second. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. No, I was just gonna ask. Is um,
0: is that similar for me? I try to stay in the moment of now. Um yes. One of my favorite books is the The Power of Now. Um yes. And I always um, I'll go to my breath. I'll focus on my breathing, and I'll stay. Try to stay in this moment. So is that similar,
1: um, mm-hmm. to what you
0: just described? Okay.
1: Yeah, I would say it's similar. I would say that if there's anything, you know, I mean I, I, if there's anything that's different and I don't know if there is, you you listen and tell me. If there's anything that's different, it's that this is feeling for um not even not really just a, a moving action. It's it, because like um like let's say you said something right now and I and I wasn't certain how to react to that. Like I wasn't certain if you were insulting me on the radio or you know, <laughs> making fun of me or what. You know, so so I don't know what to do. I would check within for how am I to see this, how am I to hear this. So basically it's, it's, you know, the the average person, what they do is they go to their head first. Yes. This is teaching you to go within first. Okay. So that you're being. I think,
0: yeah, I go think ahead. for me how, how I think we, it's just a different terminology for me. I, I always say I, I lead with my heart. I, yes. I, I I don't I I go in and I what how is how does it feel? You know, yes. and and honestly, um, very recently, the past few weeks or past few months for me, it's been a lot just going with feeling and and um my feelings, you know, when when Spirit has been saying to me clear, do not do that. <laughs> <laughs> I am now at the point. Now I remember yes. my younger days. Spirit would tell me, "Don't do that," and I did. I would still do it. <laughs> but yes. now, now Spirit, when Spirit says no, I listen. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so that's I, it
1: exactly. Yes. Uh,
0: yes. Yeah. And I think yeah, we all know that. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's. <laughs> it. In fact, you know. Well, also one thing I've learned is, you know, a lot of people say they can't hear Spirit, and to a point, that's true. But the reason they can't hear Spirit is because they've actually repressed Spirit you know, whatever spirit was, you know, like, let's say we're tempted to gossip, right? But then you hear that little thought, don't, you know, you don't say that in whatever way you hear it or you feel it or whatever, right? Don't say that. But then you ignore it and you say it anyway, you gossip anyway. You know, you're kind right. of saying to spirit, I don't want to hear you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if you ignore, if you do that all the time, that really represses spirit, which makes spirit harder to hear. So right. the reversal of that is, When you hear it, when you do recognize it, listen. And the more Hmm. you listen, the more you bring it back out of repression, and it becomes much, much more conscious. Yes. Yes, very true. But, yes,
0: so, okay, and you were about to say the next step. um, Okay, the the next
1: tool, yeah, the next tool then is, uh, it was a mantra. Mm -hmm. and. Basically, I was asked to say the mantra whenever I remembered. So whenever the thought came into the mind to say the mantra, I was to say it. And it wasn't an out loud thing. It was just something you know I would say to myself. Um, and, and I was asked to always say it with focus, with love, devotion, and then kind of hang out in the silence. It may only last a couple seconds, but hang out in the silence afterwards. Hmm. And the mantra was, I am that I am. Oh, I love that. So, yeah. So whenever <laughs> whenever it would come, too.
0: yes,
1: yeah. <laughs> So whenever it would come to say that, I I would say that. And what began to happen after after I would say probably the first two months was I began to experience myself differently. The first the first thing that happened, and what I mean is. Um, I began to experience myself as untouched by the world, so like things could happen, you know, like one thing that happened one day is that my the, my septic system backed up in my house, right? <laughs> things could happen that the average person would be very upset about, and I would not become upset. I would still deal with it. You know, I would call whoever you need to call. You know, the septic people and the cleaning people. But there would be no, be, there would be no upset. I began to feel very, very untouched by the world, and that seemed to come from the mantra "I am that I am," uh, and that untouching then just got to be stronger and stronger and stronger, so that now I live um, primarily in an untouched state I don't want to ever make the mistake of bragging because like if something happened to my daughter I don't know that I would feel untouched you know what I mean so I don't ever want to to brag but my primary experience is untouched like I I just feel happy and peaceful and joyous and and things happen and I deal with them but I'm untouched I I I hear you
0: on a heartfelt level um, I, I lost my son a year and a half ago. I'm not sure if you're aware right. of that. But,
1: no, I'm not. Um, uh, yeah, I was at peace. Um,
0: okay. I was at peace and, um, because, um, of my journey, um, it, I understand exactly what you mean and I've had my septic back up in my house. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so with you there. I'm so with you and you wouldn't believe this. I asked that happened on the day of his funeral.
1: Oh my! Septic my. Back,
0: yes, on the day of his funeral, my septic back, backed up. It was like a clog. It wasn't a septic. It was it, the the result was like the septic backing up, but it was clogged. So everything yeah. that was trying to go out was coming back in. So, yeah, I think that's it was what mostly happened to water, me thank God, it was mostly water that was coming back in, nothing you know nothing crazy but uh, and that happened on the day <laughs> of this funeral, yes, yes,
1: yeah, so it's
0: a... yeah, so i I understand what what for me, this is how my my way of um your 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 terminology is untouched, how I perceive it is everything that I'm experiencing. I am creating I own it uh, my higher self who is a larger part of me is, is not separate from me who knows all um, Is um, I'm creating this experience for some reason the little me here in, mm-hmm. in this um, reality I don't know why <laughs> I'm creating it but I know that I am creating it so that's how I whatever comes my way I, um, I like you said. Okay, I'm gonna. I, I gotta call a plumber. You know, I have yeah. to. You know, I have to clean up this mess. I had to actually. Um, I had to. Tear up all the carpets. while well, I I called I reported it to insurance. I was like, that's I was like, first I was trying to clean up all the water. I was like, okay, no, this is not working. I'll never <laughs> get this water. So <laughs> then my girlfriend said, that, that, that's why you have insurance. I'm like, you're right. Call an insurance company and just have them rip up the carpets and let's see, yeah, let's get this whole place clean. So, um, but it was just you know um, being at peace with it. Um, just a week ago um i i'm i've been self-employed um for 15 years i teach piano and i have a computer business i lost um a, a very large client <laughs> a week ago mm. unexpectedly and while i was told this i was very much at peace i yeah. i didn't i wasn't worried about okay what's gonna happen but none of those thoughts went in my head actually i just felt like okay Spirit is telling me it's time to do something else. Actually, Spirit is telling me it's time to get deeper in what I'm doing with the show, and I'm also starting a nonprofit foundation in my son's honor, the Kyle Foundation, which Kyle stands for Keep Your Light Expanding. So,
1: oh, beautiful!
0: (laughs) Thank you. A week ago, when I found out that I'm losing uh, my biggest client, which is half my income. It didn't, I'm serious, it did not faze me. I told one of my friends, and they they were freaking out. They were like, no, calm down, it's okay. You know, it's all going to work out. And within a day, I had replaced it with doing something that I wanted, you know, that my passion, following my passion. I am so happy. It's like I can't believe how synchronous, how that happened so fast. It happens yeah. in a day, you know. So um, I understand what you mean when you, and I like how you say untouched. Untouched. I was just talking to a friend um, that I grew up with, and I was just telling her the same thing. Nothing phases me. That's what. That's yeah. how I put it. I say nothing phases me. Um, and with my son, it was. It wasn't easy, but um, I, I. God gave me a miracle. Three years before my son passed, doctors told me he wasn't going to live, and I wasn't ready. This is in 2011. I wasn't ready. It was in December. We were at a hospital in Philadelphia on 34th Street, and so I always say I experienced a true miracle on 34th Street Christmas
1: Mm. of December (laughs)
0: 2011. Um, I tried to take my life. Um, Because I said I was not going to bury my son. And that Christmas, we both went home. He went home and I went home. He pulled himself off of life support. And it was a true miracle. So um, God gave me three more years with my son. Um, Spirit knew she's not ready. Okay, let's uh, give her some time. And then when my son went back into the hospital in 2014, I said, thank you, God. I don't know what's going to happen this time. I, you know, I was hoping I would bring him home again, um, but I found the book. The title of the book was um, "Your Soul's Plan" and "Your Soul's Gift" by Robert Schwartz. And um, I contacted Robert while I was in the hospital with my son on life support, and um, he communicated with me right away, and I believed. That my son and I had this soul contract before my birth. That we were going to go through this. This was a soul contract, a soul agreement. So I said to him, you know, if it's your, you know, if your soul feels it needs to go, I'll understand and I'll I'll be at peace because I know that he's still with me. I know there's mm-hmm. no death. I know he's with me. You know. Every minute. Um and so I understand exactly what you're saying when when you saying when you said um, you know it doesn't I I use the term it doesn't save me. It doesn't save yeah. me. Not that not that you don't you're in this world but not of it. You yeah. know what I mean? Did I say yeah, that the right way sometimes, sometimes I say that backwards. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I do understand. Yeah.
1: yeah. And that's yeah. what you know, that's what the mantra did for me and I don't know how. I mean I can't tell anybody how. I can only right. say that that's what happened. <laughs> well when
0: I when I say that mantra, um, I am that I am, that for me means I am everything. Everything I see, yeah. the tree, the grass, the the flower, everything I see is me. I am that I am.
1: I yeah. am that and you know, I am and that I th- yes. <laughs> yes, and I think what it and I think what it meant for me is that mm-hmm. I am the essence of all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, the essence of the tree and the essence of you know like today I was looking in my dog's eyes and mm-hmm. I was so focused on the essence of my dog. Right. I mean, it's just like it you know some people might word it it's like looking in God's eyes. And yeah. I was so aware yes. that her essence and my essence is the same I essence. Yes. That I understood that I was looking at myself. And those words yes. can sound pretty pretty funky to someone who doesn't know themselves as the essence. Right. But but if you yes. are the essence then you are everything because everything is the same essence. So exactly. And you're untouched. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Um. yes yes that's so so true uh, that's so true and i love that that i love looking because sometimes it's hard to look in a person's eye unless you're intimate with them but i love like a like a dog or a cat or animal you can just look in their eyes and and you can see that the oneness you can see that you're just one with that that animal that is so true a little yeah. a baby, I, I, I do that all the time in the supermarket. Uh, as I'm going down the aisle, a little baby's in the cart, and I'm looking right in their eyes because you yes. can do that with a baby. Sometimes people, you try to do that with a stranger. They're like, huh, oh, why are you looking at me like that? You know, But you can do it with a baby. <laughs> and I do it with every baby I see. I look directly yeah. in their eyes, and I just see their essence and know that you know we're just all one.
1: Yes. Yeah. I, I actually uh-huh. have a pretty good relationship with bugs. Um which it uh-huh. you know, wasn't natural for me. I wasn't a little kid who loved bugs or anything, but it's just that since I discovered the essence I see their essence so clearly. Um uh-huh. that I, I have a, a really good relationship with bugs and sometimes <laughs> they appear they appear to notice it. Like when I'm ah. hiking, you know, uh like a, a fly or something may land on me and just kinda ride ride right along. <laughs> You know, go with me for 20 minutes or so without being bothered by me moving my hand or anything. So it's kind of interesting that I have such a a, a strong relationship with bugs. And I I very seldom kill a bug. Occasionally I I, I need to, but I very, very seldom kill a bug anymore. In fact, I don't even move them outside. I just let them live here.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say that I don't. I do not kill them as often as I used to.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. And usually, no. I I'll, I'll look at them. I'll talk to them. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give you a break. But could you please move? Could you go someplace yeah. else? You know, I do. I tell them that. I'm like, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to send you to your next. Because I don't believe in death, so it's just like you're just transitioning to your next next experience. Yeah.
1: That's I I, I true. won't
0: transition you right now, but just.
1: Go someplace else. You know. Yeah, occasionally there is a time in this world when when bugs do have to be to be killed, and it would be foolish right. not to. In fact, I heard a story about a, a Buddhist monastery who didn't, you know, believe in harming anything, and they began right. to have a, a mouse problem, and they didn't mm. believe in harming anything, so they didn't do anything, and the mouse problem got very, very, very bad. Um, mm. Where at some point they had to <laughs> realize they had to do something. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Well
0: I there's a lot of um stray cats that love to live under like my deck and I always say to them, Oh, you can stay there as long as you keep the mouse I don't want mice in the house so yeah, that's yeah. your job. You yeah. Yeah, I give yeah. you a home, you're underneath my deck, you have a home underneath my deck. Now you keep the mice out of the house. I tell I talk to them all the time through the window. You know <laughs> So yes. But yes, it's so true. It's um yeah, I am that I am is a beautiful mantra. It yes. truly is that you are a part of all that is cuz all that is, is 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 uh what God is, I guess if yes. we're, a lack of a different term. God is yes. everything and we are a part of that all.
1: So yes. that's
0: so so true. So amazing. So now, tell us about um, awakening together.
1: Okay. Well, awakening together came along um, a few years later. Uh, after after the teachings of Inner Romana came, uh, I had a, a dream that told me to go to Pueblo to move to Pueblo, Colorado. So I did. I was in North Carolina at the time, and I moved to Pueblo, Colorado. And um after I was here a few years, I was guided to have a year of silence. And this year of silence wasn't complete silence because um I am a mother. My daughter's in college now, but then she wasn't. So, you know, I when she came home from school, I, you know, had to be mother. But while she was gone to school during the day, I spent the entire day in uh contemplation. Um and I did this for a year. And at the end of that year, uh, <laughs> I was guided to begin a church. Um and I was told told the I don't think I was told the name actually. I think that the name somehow is just something we decided on, but I was told the purpose and mm-hmm. five core values. They were, you know, they were scribed and um and you know I, I knew the church was going to be an online church, but I didn't know how I was going to do that. Um, But without David Fishman knowing that I had this guidance, he happened to call and ask me if I wanted to take over ACIM Gather, which was his online platform. Uh, he Mm -hmm. He was sick at the time. He had cancer at the time, and his wife also was sick, and I think she was just encouraging him to let go of all of that. And so here I am with guidance to start a church, and here's David Fishman calling me and offering me this online platform. And I knew it was going to be an online church. So, of course, I said yes. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we put together a team to learn what is a church in the eyes of the law. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we reformed what he had called ACIM Gather into Awakening Together Church. And we did apply for church status with the IRS. And we receive that status. So what's really cool about it is we have this online church, which means anyone can come from anywhere, and they do, from all over the world. And we have a purpose, which is to awaken to one true self. Mm-hmm. And we have five core values that we share that point in the, that direction. What, what are, are those five, five core, core? Yes. Well, let's see if I can say them by heart. I'm not the best at memorizing things, but um, I can tell you the gist of them. Uh, okay. one, one core value is that everyone has their own inner wisdom, and that is to be respected, uh, mm-hmm. and, that, and that people can be in different places at different times on the spiritual path, and that right. is to be respected, mm-hmm. uh, that no one person has authority over others, Mm -hmm. Um, that there is only one truth, and that is non-dual. It has no beginning, no end, and it's absolutely changeless. Mm -hmm. Uh, That other things are not truth, although they may point to truth, they are not truth, and so they should not be idolized as truth. They should just be seen as pointers. Mm -hmm. And also that we, uh, we embrace every experience, while focusing on our true self, so uh, what that last, what that last value really means to me, for example, is often you will hear people in non-dual communities, you know, like let's say someone's house burns down, they'll say, "Ah, oh, that's just an illusion," and they kind of, of course, it's not their pain, so it's very easy for them to say that. But you know, they kind of aren't respecting that person's pain in any way, or respecting that person's maybe immediate needs of clothing or shelter or money. And so right. so we we don't disrespect experience. Mm-hmm. We we respect people's experience, but at the same time, we want to remain focused on what I was calling the untouched and mm-hmm. uh, you were calling the not phased. We want to right. uh, most people would call it spirit. We want to remain focused on within ourselves the spirit, the truth, the untouched, right. the unfazed, while mm-hmm. at the same time Helping those who who may not feel untouched and who may need a meal or some money or a shoulder to cry on, right? Right. Compassion yeah. and love. Compassion yes. and love. Yeah, that would be the compassion yeah. and love value. Yeah. So that's really yeah. the gist of our values.
0: hmm
1: Very true. Um.
0: Yeah. That like. Um. I understand what you're saying. I kind of had this conversation last week with my my former my last week's guest guessed about the the things like the tragedies like someone's house burning down this whole reality that we're in is a dream it's an illusion yes. but we're in this dream so in this dream you you um it's like i say you have a choice of love or fear and and if someone's house burns down you do what you can to love on them you know whatever yes. you know you can do it's it's about love it, and uh, showing um and you know that person is a part of you so knowing that person is a part of you their pain is your pain so you yes. you want to to comfort them and give them and show them as much love as you can because as much that's just giving yourself giving yourself love you know and when the more love you give to the world the more the world is returning that love to you and because yeah. it's all one it's all you know so I I hear what you're saying. Um, I because I, I he asked me that same question last week. But I guess for me, I'm th- thinking people that are truly, truly understanding and embracing oneness um, at a heartfelt level. It's it's always about love, so that their their action would never be for someone. That is experiencing a hardship. That reaction would never be one of uncaring and of lo- unloving, because you know it's all about love. You know, it, I don't know if I'm making any sense.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, you sense? know the way I sometimes explain it to people who don't understand, because some people uh, get caught up in spirituality at a head level where they don't understand compassion. Exactly. They're like, why would you? Why would you help if the world's not real? So the way I mm-hmm. explain it is, if your if your right hand you know, somehow got cut, you mm-hmm. would use your left hand to put medicine on, on it and bandage it. I said, it's like that. Yeah.
0: You know? yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Of course you're going to go to someone's aid and if they're in need because you're all one. So, yeah. like you said, I, I think that question about um it's all of an illusion and why help them if it's an illusion that's that that's someone just not even really embracing the
1: truth of oneness because the truth yeah. of oneness is love it's yeah, all Yeah and about I think it's, it it's just, like, it's just at the head level for them it hasn't dropped to the heart level because the right. heart sees different than the head right so yes
0: yes i i think so i um because it's interesting that I've been hearing that this past week about um, I, even on Facebook, um, one of the people that listened to the show last week said that I was um, what was it? Kind of stuck on the fact that uh, the world is an illusion, um, but I said, "Well, I guess." Oh, what the word was fixated. <laughs> that I was stated that the world is an illusion. I'm like, uh well, I guess I am, but I <laughs> I'm in the world, not of the world. So I am gonna in every moment I'm gonna be loving in every moment, um, because I'm here. But um I know that it's a dream. It's a dream of my creation. So I want, you know, I'm gonna try in each moment to make it a beautiful dream not a
1: nightmare.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you don't
1: have to have a nightmare. That's true. It's, yeah. it's too bad that it's too bad that not everyone knows that, but it is true. Yeah. You don't have to have a nightmare.
0: Right. Yeah, See, it's a, it's a dream of your own creation. So you can choose to have a nightmare or you can choose to have a beautiful dream. dream. It's up. That's what free will is all about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, so true. So true. So um, now, what are you doing nowadays? Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> do you have any events coming up that you
1: wanted to share? Oh, oh I do. Listeners? When you when you said that, you know, it's so funny oh. because when you said, "What are you doing nowadays?" I thought, well, I spend my mornings in meditation. But I get it. Events. I should talk about that too. <laughs> <laughs> I was taking you a little too literally. I think. Um, yeah, we do have some events coming up. Probably. Uh, you know, if anybody wants to go to our website, which is Awakening Together dot org, mm-hmm. and look at the events menu, uh, one event that is coming up is our fall retreat in Colorado. And one mm-hmm. thing about our our fall retreat that's different from other fall retreats is we actually have three retreats right in a row. 'Cause some okay. people say it's not worth it to come for, you know, a short period of time. They want it to be longer. And other people say I can't come longer, I can only get off work for a short period of time. So we just have okay. three retreats right in a row. So people who want to come for all three can. People who okay. want to come for two can. People who want to come for one can, right? It suits everybody's schedule. Um okay. but that's coming up the last week of October in Colorado okay. Springs. Yeah. Last week. I might want to try to get to Colorado that last week of October. Um, we would love
0: to have you. I'd love to meet you. That yeah. would be
1: so fun. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that would be amazing. Yes, yes, yes. And um, did I I think I did mention at the top of the show that um, I met David Dove Fish, Fishman online. Actually, it was a year ago today. We became, mm. you know how Facebook um Gives you past memories nowadays on your Facebook page? Yes. It, it was yes. a year ago today that Dave and I became friends on Facebook. And it was a <laughs> few weeks ago, <laughs> about a month ago, uh, on Facebook, he said, Call me. <laughs> and I was like, Okay. And I called him and he's like, I want to do a show with you. So we, Dave and I, co host this show, um, um, The Truth of Oneness Within. On Mondays on Awakening Together Radio, so it is just I definitely um, I'm feeling drawn to go to Colorado for many reasons. <laughs> There's a lot going on in Colorado, so yeah, where do you 50. live at? I'm in the Poconos. I live in the oh. heart of the Poconos. Yeah, northeast yeah, Pennsylvania. Nice. Yes, I love it here. <laughs> yeah, I I I love it here. Um, my vision is to. Um, have um, the Carl Foundation Center here, which um, is, would be a my vision is to have a community center here, spiritual uh, community center that will help um, teach and inspire the world or this community um, to oneness. So that's mm-hmm. my vision here in the Poconos. I love it. It's a nice we we're at very small um, mountains compared to Colorado.
1: <laughs> you guys yeah, have it's a, still a very it's yeah. a very sweet place. I've been to the Poconos yeah. before. I went there uh, on one of those romantic vacations that you all are uh, famous for, and I really enjoyed it. <laughs>
0: yeah, we used to be we used to be the honeymoon capital of the world, <laughs> <laughs> but I I don't think we still are.
1: <laughs> it's faded out. Huh? But, well, I went there many years ago, so <laughs>
0: yes, yeah. yeah, I've been here twenty five years. I settled here and raised my. Ch- two children here and it just I'm very like settled me I've just I don't move around a lot I'm like oh this is home <laughs> you know? but I like to travel and I definitely would love to come to Colorado so thank you so much Regina this is I thank can't you, believe an hour, I can't believe the hour is already gone Bye. It's like I feel like I'm just on the phone talking to a dear friend thank you so much
1: Thank I you very appreciate. much, and I, I hope to meet you in the fall. That would be fun.
0: That would be amazing. That would be amazing. And I, I'm definitely going to. Now, what do you, you know the dates? I could. I think I'll look them up. I can
1: look them it's up. O- online. Uh, yeah, I think it starts October 23rd and goes until October 30th.
0: Okay. Well, that's Global Oneness Day. You guys should know about it. Global Oneness Day is October 24th. Mm. And okay, good. Check it out. Check it out online, Global Oneness Day, okay? With, uh, this will be the 7th annual Global Oneness Day, October 24th. Okay, I am going to let you go, but thank you so much. Uh, thank I've you, I've enjoyed this so much I don't even want to say goodbye. <laughs> All right. Okay, thank you so goodbye. much, Regina. You, ha- you <laughs> have a great weekend.
1: Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: All right. well, bye-bye.